1: how are you doing great all right. it's Friday so Marcus, night. right
0: we've had a big week such a big week such a, a, big week. a big day too it's all it's too much it's, it's, it's been a lot can't going handle on it. but I'm we're gonna pass but we're
1: gonna handle it till, we'll be until 10 o'clock yeah. Yeah. taking your phone calls 508-996-0500 as we planned um not scripted but planned this show is making a lot of news. It has. We yeah. figured it would. We we knew it would. We, we
0: knew it would, um, just because of the
1: formatting of the show and because we're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, look. We, we we talk to the right people and um, we have the right contacts and we and and I think Marcus, um, we're a receptive audience, right? So, mm-hmm. the um, the reality of it is the uh, the other night. Your debate was fantastic. We're going to go over that because you've got some additional breaking news tonight. Yeah. Um, The sheriff's debate. Tell people who might have missed it. Okay. So the sheriff's debate was on Wednesday
0: and the sheriff's debate was on Wednesday uh, it was the primary debate. It was the it's the only primary debate before the September sixth uh, election, where um you can go vote for your next uh who who you want if you're a Democrat and you're voting or if you're an independent and you don't wanna if if you don't like Hodgson you have an opportunity to vote for one of these candidates to face Hodgson in the fall. Right. And so I had said this prior to the debate, days prior to the debate, that the the number one issue in this debate. Isn't even really policy because there's very little policy daylight between these guys. It's who's the best candidate to take on Tom Hodgson? Electability. Electability, exactly. Who yeah. has the skills? Who has the skills? Politically. Yes. <laughs> who has the skills? Who has the resume? And who has the gumption, frankly, because, um, you know, Hodgson is uh, a person who uh, has no problem telling you exactly what he thinks, right? About you. None. <laughs> so, none. Um, so, I thought in that debate, The person who clearly demonstrated that they were the best person to take on Hodgson was Mayor Paul Haru. And I thought that before, just based on his resume, but I think he made a point to separate himself from the other two candidates. And I want to preface this by saying I think all three candidates did a fine job. I think they all did. No one did poorly, you know, but uh, one candidate just did better than the others. And that was... That was Paul Haru, and he, like a professional campaigner, in a debate, immediately when he had the opportunity to, sought to separate himself from the rest of the
1: rest of the candidates. He absolutely did. So look, if you notice, and we're gonna play some clips of this tonight. Yeah. The um, Paul Paul came in, and one of the very first things and I went back and listened to it all over again, Marcus. But one of the very first things he said is, "This is not a law enforcement job, right?" Yes. He said, "This is by thereby." knocking his opponent George credentials completely out of the ring right yeah and also Nick is running as a former prosecutor which about that's about as close to a cop as you can get so he started saying it's a corrections job he just run the jail and um, no, I happen to think that that he's not 100 percent correct in that as we we, we noticed that we know the sheriff's office does work do a lot of law enforcement stuff they're involved in a lot of rage things like that yeah but here's the here's reality Paul Haru is basically saying if he becomes sheriff he's not going to do that which right. is fine okay that's that that's what's going to go in front of the voters but he knocked his George out of the race uh, you know essentially if you, if you if you listen to what he said he said look it's not a law enforcement job so as fine as your credentials are they don't matter right, right. then he said you guys have never won an election well here's here's <laughs> actually
0: he, here's actually what he said uh, I'm going to I'm going to let's play what he said. I think it's good Um, because, again, I think he kept this in mind that the most important issue here is who's going to face Hodgson uh, and who's going to be able who's going to have the best chance to beat a well-financed and long tenured incumbent. So let's just play the clip.
2: And that's government at its finest when it actually has the opportunity to say, we're not doing something that works. Hold the both of you in, you know, a lot of esteem, a lot of respect. I think either one of you would be a much better uh, sheriff than uh, Tom Hodgson. Um, Both of you are running for this seat and only one of us can go forward in this primary. In my opinion, the person who is the strongest candidate is, you know, to beat Hodgson is the one who should go forward in this, um, you know, in the primary. So, you know, if we look at the, the, our campaign structure, um, you know, Nick, you've taken in about 70, 170 donations and you have, um, well, let me take a step back. Donations are important because they help move a message and that's it, it's important to, you know, raise money so you can move your message to get, let voters know why you're running. But Nick, you've taken in about 170 donations and you've raised just over $30,000 and you have $4,000 on hand. And George, you've... Um, raised about $70,000, you know, you've chipped in 12,000 of your own money and you have about $900 hundred you know, as the last campaign finance right. report.
1: You know, when he I've was taken in over a, 700
2: a, donations following. and I've raised over $84,000 and that matters because we have to be able to compete with Hodgson. Um, so my question is, how do you honestly think you can beat Hodgson when you don't have the money to move your message and over the last several months you haven't been doing the things that I serious campaign needs to do to actually move a message so
1: i thought marcus the way he was setting that that up that his, that his question was going to be why don't you drop out of the race i mean he was setting yeah, it up yeah, like yeah. that right and that may be a question but i but it's now turned a so- lot less amicable <laughs> right yeah yeah Marcus, so- tell the people what you well if you're ready but marcus has got some breaking news yeah so that. i've got some breaking news so the day
0: after and uh the day after the debate they had made it a point to be civil during the, ba- the debate. They really were nice they to each other. They really them. were nice to each other. Do I think that that matters? I don't. I think it's a campaign. It's a competition. But that's, that's the route that they chose for the debate, right? Well, the day after the debate, a mailer hits... The doors of tens of thousands of people in the south coast in our listening audience and in our, in our listening audience clearly i clearly timed i got the mailer i actually got it was it was clearly it it was clearly it was clearly timed with the debate he was either going to come out the day of the debate or the day after i got my mailer today a lot of people in new Bedford got their mailers yesterday right. yeah right. so um this mailer it basically, um, and we're going to have a story up on WBSM.com. And it came actually, from the Paul mailer. Haru's campaign. It came, yeah. So the mailer came out from Paul Haru's campaign, and he can send out mailers because he's raised a lot of money. Right. Uh, and it said, um, it basically, it, it, makes this, it has three columns. It makes distinctions between the three candidates. It says, uh, corrections, jail, and prison experience. There's an X next to, uh, NB, Nick Bernier. There's an X, uh, under Paul Haru. there's a check mark saying he's got corrections experience. Under George McNeil, there's an X campaigns one nick bernier owen two candidate haru eight and eight C- george mcneil zero right, right. budgets managed nick uh, nick bernier question mark <laughs> candidate haru 165 million dollars uh candidate uh, mcneil 3.5 million dollars and then it's the number of donations this one i thought was really really interesting and if they wanted it to not be civil i think this would have been a good talking point here uh Vote voted in Republican primary. There's a blank spot next to Nick's name, a blank spot next to Huru's name—not name, but initials—and right. and then a, a check mark with 2016 under George McNeil. Right. So George McNeil voted in the 2016 primary and right. re- on the for the Republican side. You know who was in the Republican primary in I 2016? I, I, I remember, <laughs> I remember because I was a surrogate for him. Yeah, Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Not just Donald Trump, who won the state.
1: Right. Tom Hodgson. Oh, the, the, you <laughs> Tom Huxton. That's funny. <laughs> Tom Hudson That's even a, better, Mark. Yeah, it's it's incredible. So, so Paul Le if he didn't want to, if the, actually they are on different primary ballots. What do you mean? Presidential primary is different than the state primary ballot. Well, well, but the, but I get your point. But he could have voted in both. Oh yeah. It does. This doesn't
0: say he only voted in one. No, that's true. It's Very true. Yeah. Very true. So he yeah. could have voted in both. Yeah. So he could have said did you vote for tom hodgson right right Right. right. did you vote for donald trump Trump? right right. donald trump won
1: won the state did you vote for him right you know yeah the 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 fact is that haru laid out a campaign message on our program for the primary which is very important and he had it backed up with a mailer that just that just landed some of the people in our audience got got it right they got it yeah and
0: and it was it was it was on message. It was consistent with the message that he had projected for, for two hours. And it on was my not show. a
1: negative mailing.
0: And it wasn't a negative it's mailing. It's a
1: fact-based mailing.
0: No, and that's it's it's not a negative mailing. It's like it's a fact-based mailing. If you're not distinguishing yourself from the rest of the candidates in the race, guess what? You're not campaigning. Right. Right. What are you doing if not everybody? You, listen, the three of you aren't going to be the
1: the co-sheriffs. Look, look. We heard from phone callers, a lot worse. Attacks on some of the candidates than anything in that mailing. Yeah, the, all he said is some, you haven't been elected before. It's a true thing. Yeah, you haven't won elections.
0: They could have. He could have said stuff about people's business uh, dealings. Absolutely. Could have said stuff about people getting fired, right. which callers brought up. Right. Um, right. W- Nick Bernier, Someone. Someone called Nick Bernier essentially a liar for, yes. for the
1: John Saunders the John name Saunders S- drop. Thing. Right. So there was a lot of. There was a lot of. Um, vitriol from the callers. Mm -hmm. Haru didn't include any of that in his mailer. He didn't. He didn't. So I can't see why they're angry. But Marcus, are they?
0: They're super
1: angry. They're super (laughs) angry. They're super angry. So,
0: so actually, I'd gotten a message from Nick last night. Said, "Oh, Haru sent out a negative mailer." And I said, "He sent it to me," and I was like, "Wow, I hadn't gotten it yet." And here's, I listen. I like Nick. I think he's a nice guy. And and this isn't reflective on him as a person, but i'm in front of a microphone three hours every night right and i have column space right on a site that gets a lot of column uh, gets a lot of views right i hadn't seen the mailer yet (laughs) right why would he bring your attention so why would he put my eyes on it so i can come here and talk about it so i ended up seeing the mailer eventually because i was like i'm i vote a lot i should get the mailer and i did get the mailer right um i got it the next day but he brought attention to it but now Him and George McNeil have, uh, in response to the mailer, filed a joint press release. Right, sent it to me on a Friday night. On a Friday night, sent it to me. Sent it to, and again, who's the only one working on a Friday night? (laughs) Right, this guy. Right, (laughs) the media. Right, sent it to me. Sent it to George uh, McNeil. Um, I know. uh, I you know. I I know people in other bigger markets have at least been aware of it. Right, been made aware of it. Right, so. Um it it says I got the document it's it's Haru's broken promises and it says in 2016, he promised voters he would serve two years as their state representative during uh, during his 2016 reelection, without informing voters of his intention to run for mayor of Attleboro only a few months later, which cost voters the price of a special election to fill the empty seat. His political ambitions created. Now, here's the problem with that argument, right? That 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 he broke promises and they devastated. And
1: their- they said this out of a press release. Yeah, they said this. They in the put no place. money
0: behind it. They didn't put any. No.
1: Further, further making no. Haru's point,
0: right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, because they can't put any money behind it. They, yeah. Th- that's the problem. So um, here's the thing. The the um... who paid for it? I wonder. What? Yeah.
1: Uh, <laughs> it's a joint campaign expenditure. It, it is. I don't want to. You know. It is. It's an. It, in, in, it's an. In, is One of them in gave kind? an kind donation to the other.
0: Right. Yeah. <laughs> so. But anyway. So that's. Yeah. That's. So, um, well, so here's the problem with that argument is, is that he devastated his voters or whatever. He he upset them. Okay. Paul Haru's district in the state as a state representative consisted of only Attleboro, right? Okay. That's it. Okay. He ran for mayor of Attleboro and and he won. Right. (laughs) They couldn't have been that disappointed in him. Right. And he beat a 14 year incumbent. Right. On top of that. Right. And then he got reelected with 66% of the vote. And then he told people he was only doing one more term and then got reelected with 67% of the vote. Right. So these, you know, what they're... What they're accusing him of is winning elections, being good at being good at elections, right? Right. So, so like you know, we're gonna. I, I told you know what else is uh, in that thing though. They put other things attached. Yeah. yeah. In there. So, so uh, will we'll, if successful, Haru finishes term as sheriff. Um, now Haru's Haru may quit again. Um, we thought. Oh, on Wednesday night, Paul Haru reaffirmed his promise promise not to attack Prime. Primary candidates, but then Bristol County voters received his negative mailer attacking other candidates. The very next day, he knew the mailer was going out, but he repeated his promise anyway. Breaking promises seems to be a problem throughout Haru's career. So,
1: again, this is an angry, frustrated screed. It is. So, <laughs> so he humiliated them. That's what he happened. He did. All right, folks. Let me tell you. And now, because I've listened to the debate twice. Yeah. And. When Marcus and I put the put it together. Um, we had the idea of how it would go. We wanted to make sure you guys are included. At by the way, not five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. And you can message us in the app chat too. So you guys got, got a chance to ask questions. Marcus got a chance to ask questions because he was here physically. We we laid it out so that they they could ask each other questions. So there'd be a chance to mix it up a little bit, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and they knew all that. They knew everything. They knew the format ahead of time, right? They decided to go their way. Now, but he humiliated them. Yeah. Not not with lies. Not with not with. Thing. He did it in a very simple. He said, "Look, I won elections. I'm working better at this yeah. than you are, and really, I should be the candidate yeah. because I can beat Hodgson and you can't." Right. And then he backed it up with a mailer, which is only smart, right? He was here for three hours, three yeah. hours plus the news reports. Then what does he do? He uses he mails our audience. Very smart. It is. It's very smart. It's yeah. very efficient too. Right. right?
0: Further making his point. So people that heard what he said for two hours then got a
1: mailer reaffirming what (laughs) he said. So now they know. Right. Okay, well, that's
0: the experience.
1: And if they read WBSM.com, which most of you did, you got to see it again. In other words, it's just good politics. Yeah. So they, on a Friday afternoon or Friday morning, whenever they started this, they're very angry. They're frustrated. Yeah. And they whipped out a press release, which we love, but- which is which is great, because we get to talk
0: about it. Right. But but it's not an effective <laughs> campaign tactic. I wouldn't be talking about the mailer if they didn't send out the press release.
3: There you go, Mark. I'd
0: argue that it's a use if I did that, right? but it's not,
3: right.
1: because it's a story. Exactly. It's exactly a story. <laughs> right. And it also, by the way, Tom Hodgson, gives Tom Hodgson, who's my friend, and I'm going to vote for him, but I can still observe this very much from afar, it gives Tom Hodgson the opportunity to say, see, look... You can't trust Haru. Assuming Haru is going to be his yeah, opponent. Yeah, these guys can't, these guys even can't trust him. right? These look what these guys said about you, yeah. right? So, and if their primary concern was beating Hodgson,
0: and they said, and they said, uh, well, we should be civil because if we're not civil,
1: that affects our chances of beating Hodgson. And now I'll tell you this, Marcus, too. And you and I have talked, alluded to it a little bit here. The callers brought it up, but George McNeil and um, and Nick Bernia have all the vulnerabilities. Yeah, and both of them. Would what enter this campaign figuring they're gonna they're gonna try to do something, gonna try to be the sheriff, but there's there's such a thing as grace after loss, right? <laughs> but I don't know that Paul Haru is now gonna allow them to get away with this. Right? No. It, is he gonna open a can of whoop ass on him?
0: Uh he might as well, right? Like For his support as well. Right, exactly. He might as well because at this at this point, I mean, if the the gloves are off, they just called him a liar, right, and accused him of abandoning his, abandoning his constituents. But they, it's but it's buttressed
1: by <laughs> elections that he won. So so they they are they're doing to him what what's the one thing that's very difficult to do to a political opponent, which is say they're a liar and get. Get credit for it, right? Yeah. Tom Hodgson, if he calls him a liar, Tom Hodgson, people say, well, you have a motive, right? You you know, you're running against him. He's running against you. But Tom can point to the fact that his Democrat primary opponents labeled him a liar and and laid out the the case for it, right? And, um, you know. Yeah, like your own own party doesn't even trust you, right? right? And George, and by the way, Nick Bernie comes with a lot of political backings. Yeah, yeah, and George is a police officer. He knows the power of accusation, right? Yeah, exactly. So he yeah. must feel it's true. Or He's he had some, He had some pretty
0: hefty accusations against him, right? Uh, in the uh, in the debate five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred is how you can get on. Good evening.
4: Hey guys, how are you? Hey, Barry. hey, what's up, Barry? Um, yeah, so just a little bit about Adelboro, Marcus. The most memorable time I've ever had in that whole place, city, or whatever. Even working with. Uh, um, with Mayor Judy Robbins and Mayor Dumas was uh, when Marcus Ferrell at uh, Bishop Feen when you stopped them on the two yard line, Marcus. That was incredible. Yes, that was yeah most <laughs> most memorable time. Yeah. And then I want to segue out of Attleboro because actually no, we we have a New Bedford has a little bit of a, uh, a relationship with Attleboro under uh, Mayor Judy Robbins and of course Marcus. You can play the I'm too young for this card. But um, under Mayor Judy Robbins, and I think uh, a little bit further than that, the head city solicitor was John Lees. And John um, had a daughter named Shannon who married Dave Nabriga. So uh, there's a little bit of New Bedford history there uh, with the town of Attleboro. And, you know, Attleboro is a small, it's, it's what, it's uh, 27th 50, or 20th. 20, 50,000 20, people in Attleboro. 000. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I hear what you're saying. If you're going to take out Tom Hodgson, it should be the, you know, the biggest Democrat. But again, I think that that biggest Democrat has come and gone. He gave it a best effort. John uh, Quinn. He's the one that gave advice to Chris McCarthy when he was uh, in Freetown in <laughs> right. about the MPTA. Yeah. Right. That was that was
1: John Quinn.
0: Yeah. John Quinn. Yeah, I mean, uh, right. John Quinn, obviously, his brothers, Tom Quinn, the DA. He's, you know, he he is definitely uh, he's a state rep, right? But so is so is Haru, and I think there's, I think there's a difference between now and 2010 where there's a lot more political awareness and maybe uh, Trump. There wasn't a Donald Trump factor to consider in 2010.
1: But I'll tell you what. What's very interesting though is the, the same crew of people that's backing Haru are trying to take out Tom Quinn as a district attorney. So I wonder how that's going to play out. They're not getting, you know, Haru's not going to get any help from John Quinn um, when when his team is trying to take out the district attorney right now. And
4: so you want to know something Me- mechanically. They have, in Attleboro, they have an elected treasurer. And what's interesting, yeah. uh, and I don't want to get into my business, but just think about this mechanically: the, the Commonwealth—they're trying to phase out um, whether it's uh, like um, Irish Skies now in uh, in Lakeville, trying to phase out the elected position of a treasurer because the elected position of a treasurer can actually buck the mayor. Right. So, yeah. so just think about that. You know, we got uh, uh, Class C form of government in in Worcester. We, you know, strong mayor, weak mayor weak city council in New Bedford, strong city council there, but a treasurer being elected can basically do things like I I can tell you things, I'm not going to get into it, that, you know, Haru is compromised and he can't get things done because of the elected treasurer position. So as a sheriff who is accountable back to, you know, John Saunders, county commissioner, great county commissioner there, uh, John Mitchell and um who's the kitchen kitchen's father but yeah paul kitchen paul kitchen you know and, and you have an elected treasurer there chris on is a great elected treasurer so in the county you know tom hodges has done a great job not for your listening audience not backing anybody but just saying mechanically people need to understand when somebody's hands are tied and an elected treasurer oh my god thank god we yeah. don't have that here right but anyway, so let me let me just go forward to first of all and foremost unbelievable reporting about the mbta yeah right. unbelievable yeah. i don't know how many people are listening tonight besides me and my wife but no we've got calls on the line right now actually oh my god <laughs> yeah. so i'm gonna hurry this up okay i'm gonna hurry this yeah, up so good. i'm gonna hurry this up so in in a community like chris um McCarthy reported uh, on the water park right. you know i we just wanted to understand the water park and it was it was venued as being you know the kids of new Bedford need a water park. Okay. okay. Yeah. And that $47 an hour, the kids of new Bedford can't afford a water park. Okay. So, so, you know, liars can, figures can lie and lies can figure. But anyways, uh, you know, just a little bit. And I talked, uh, I called Barry Richards this, uh, this afternoon. Yeah. I heard, my, I heard you. I heard you. Yep. Yeah. So my, my question is respectfully to your listening audience and to you two intelligent men. So is, is the obvious question not being answered? Because I was around Christmas time. I was in Quincy uh, with uh, the mayor, and the mayor was recently appointed to—I uh, don't want to call him the governor's—but the board of directors of the MBTA. Right. So we've all taken the tea in, you know whatever. Um, but how long has Quincy been part of? You know, we go into if we were to do it, we take the rail. You go through Quincy, right? I would and, say uh, it got to
1: be from the from the. Beginning stages, right? Yeah, I mean certainly, so, certainly I've been taking it from the nineties. Mm-hmm. Go to Quincy,
3: yeah,
4: yeah, right. Yeah. You know, and you still have your driver's license, right? right. And that's why we have it. Yeah. <laughs> so, but anyways, so Chris, respectfully, the the mayor, how much horse trading has the mayor of Quincy had to do to get on to that board? Because that board is kind of like you know the, the Steamship Authority board. You know, right. it's kind of like major power major power, and he does it because, hate to use this expression, with a diesel locomotive, but the squeaky wheel on the train gets the grease, correct? Correct. We can all understand that. And it goes to the position that I have about why don't we have more of our great people that could be on a governor's cabinet like Chuck Franklin was years ago, and um, I was talking to a couple of people today, uh, my attorney, whatever. But he, I forgot pa- Dr. Paul Walsh was on that same thing. He was on yeah, the gambling I commission.
1: He was the gambling czar.
4: Why don't we, before we put our 100% New Bedfordite hearts, the truest hearts in the world, whaling hearts, before we put it behind a candidate, why don't we horse trade to say, I really don't care, Chris uh, Marcus, if it's uh, an assistant deputy. You know what yeah, I mean? Coming right. on campaign finance. Why aren't we doing that just like this? So let's let's roll this okay. forward. To, to ba- Barry, I, keep- I got calls.
0: I got calls on the line. I I, I got to keep it moving. I appreciate I appreciate you. I appreciate you calling in. I do think in, in terms of getting somebody in the in a cabinet level position. Right. I think John Mitchell's well positioned for that right now.
1: We, we, you know we're gonna see, but the, the um just this MBTA thing is yeah is amazing. Yeah, it's an amazing, amazing situation right now that that um, it's going to come up to the end if they're going to vote for it or not. Yeah, and we're definitely going to
0: cover that tonight. 508-996-0500. Good evening.
5: Hello. Uh, I just wanted to comment on the uh, Democratic primary. Sure. Um, so, first of all, on on Nick Bernier, one, anyone that got that close to Jaisal Correa... And got totally suckered by the man who's a crook and an absolute fool. Anyone, anyone that got bamboozled by Jaisal Correa does not deserve any sort of shot at any kind of public office, especially one that involves needing the (laughs) utmost honesty and good judgment. That's one thing. You don't think you do well against six or
1: 700 criminals if you didn't do well against one? I don't
5: know, man. I, listen, I, I don't understand I don't understand what happens with the politics there, and I don't really understand why people believe that man in the first place. But especially someone that got as close as him, if you read some of the testimony from the Correa case, and his, uh, I, somehow Nick Bernier thinks it's going to make him come off good, I don't really understand how that's possible, because anyone that got close to him, clearly his judgment isn't very straight. So second, with George McNeil, who, like, do we even know why he got fired? Also, if you can't handle small-town suburban politics, like, how, how does he expect to take on Tom Hodgson if he can't take on, like, a few grandmothers at Brayton Point? <laughs> <And they> just, <laughs> Who is this guy? Who's like, running how, your own material? How, sure, who's so running your own material? So I like good. this. So, so how, yeah. how does he think that he can take on Tom Hodgson, who's an excellent politician, like, yes, the absolutely. man's very good at what he does. Yeah, How... How can George McNeil take on Tom Hodgson if he can't handle a few neighbors that are mad about, I don't know what? It, it, it's we, don't know. we don't know. So anyway, I don't really understand how he got fired. Clearly, he's not very good at winning people over if he can't keep his job. So that's all I got to say. I agree with you. I just want Hodgson out. Hero seems like he's the one guy that can do it to me. I'm not sure about the other two. So thank you. I uh, appreciate it. You guys have a good night. Thank thanks.
1: you. Very- Th- thanks for your, for your material. That, was, that.
0: that was quite uh, a breakdown yeah.
1: of, I think, the candidates' the, the, um, was uh, vul- vulnerabilities. So That was a great call. So I think that um, the caller's funny. He made some people laugh. That's what we're looking for. 508-996-0500. We'll take a quick break. We'll take a, we'll a break. Right we'll see you on the line. We'll get to you when we get back. Yo, this is South Coast and I'm Chris McCarthy. We have um, Marcus here with us as well. Marcus, hey, Marcus hey. you've been pinching all week. For me and I appreciate that. The um you made a lot of news. Do. You made a lot. That is what <laughs> heroes do. You've made a
0: lot of news. Well, yeah, I mean the the debate was news and then what followed the debate was news and I would say an exclusive. It's a, yeah, absolutely. It's I mean, we're the we're dead because it's again, it's a Friday night, right? Who's who's talking on a Friday? Who's working on a Friday night? But us, us and the guys at McDonald's, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I worked at that McDonald's over there, by Did the you? way. Yeah, it was horrible. I you look familiar. Sucked.
1: I hated it. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, the, um, <laughs> um, so, Marcus, the um, the last call that we had. By the way, you can join us at five zero eight nine six hundred. Yeah, was, that was
0: a, that was a great call.
1: It was a great call. Uh, that person should. Be a co-host with us. And, and we'll have... um. We're, we're going to talk more about the MBTA later well, on. but but Definitely. The, but what's going on with the sheriff's debate is fascinating. So yeah. my my feeling is, look, those guys lost the debate, but they weren't fatally wounded. No. But they may have now committed suicide. I think so, because right? now... They we went home and they sent out a joint press release attacking Paul Haru. It's bad enough that... Personally. It's, as a liar. Yeah, and they called him a liar, which again...
0: If you're sending out a joint press release like that, I think it already makes you look like
1: runners up, right? I would say so. It, it like you're like, why are you teaming up against this one gonna, guy? You're it also makes, not going to get a job at the sheriff's office. <laughs> but
0: well, that's what I'm saying. Is that is that is that they they committed on air to to helping each other after because they said the mission is is beating Hodgson, right? It was, and how quickly that went away from just
1: a mailer that. They could, they would have sent out if they had the money. It's going to be nothing like the one Tom sends out, right? <laughs> you know, I mean, really, really. No. If you're not ready for a primary, you're not ready for a general election. You're not ready for Tom. Hodge. You know, you're not not a guy like Tom. And no. Tom has got deep, deep popularity, deep roots in this part of the, the the county. He got them all over the county, but this this is his part of the county. And he he will eat you alive. Right. You need something. With a smile. You you need, exactly. You need
0: gumption to take on Tom Hodgson. You need gumption. And Haru's, I think Haru demonstrated it. I don't think, I think that demonstrates that you don't have it. And as the professional
1: comedian who called in said, there's a lot more vulnerabilities with the, I mean, he spelled it out. Than the ones that Haru even bothered to bring up. And Haru Haru left them alone. Of course he knows about (laughs) them. He did. The federal grand jury knows about it. We're on Channel 12. exactly. It's all over our news department. I mean, mean, Nick Bernier was a witness in a federal corruption trial. Right. And now he wants to be the sheriff. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you know, look, I'm I'm willing to give the guy a shot. I don't think he's going to beat Tom, but I think he's a nice guy, and I thought he presented well. But then he goes home, and he gets angry, and he sends out this crazy press release. Yeah. Right. And and it it wasn't even like...
0: Well, here's the thing. It wasn't even like impulsive cuz I heard about this last night while I was on air. I guess you're right. And I didn't get it until just now before we came in today. So they which is worse, they thought they about, stewed all they day thought about it and sent it. They stewed, they stewed, all, stewed day, all day and
1: then, they, and then they that's the best they could come up with.
0: Yeah, our opponent is uh, Mean. Our, our our opponent was mean to us and he won these two elections. It <laughs> It, it's it just it really
1: it's it was not an effective attack. I can't, I can't. But what they did is they is they besmirched Paul Haru's reputation as an honest broker. Right. Yes. I mean they gave Tom Hodgson a real weapon to use against against Haru and, and all the Democrats in the general election. Um, it's quite extraordinary, really. The uh- uh- I'll I'll um I'll adjust the commercial noise. I
0: got some complaints about that. I'll adjust the commercial noise. Sorry, guys. But they're too loud.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I the, can do that. Too. I know you can. Yeah, yeah, I can so, do yeah. That. the um, so Marcus, in the, that debate, in that debate <laughs> though,
0: laughing about there were some
1: other really interesting things. So when you and I saw the mailer and we saw how effective it was, it was uh, a great mailer. It's a great mailer. It's a great mailer. I, it's almost like the guys won a campaign before, <laughs> right? Or oh, five of them. So, <laughs> Eight. So I <laughs> thought that Haru was a little angry with Bernie, um because of what Bernie did do in the debate. And Marcus
0: Okay. Um yeah, so here's the deal here's the what right. So Haru separates himself, says the fundraising thing. I have eighty four thousand dollars, you guys have nothing. Right. Basically. I won campaigns, you lose campaigns. Right. And then they agreed to be nice to each other. Right.
1: And I didn't like that. No, no. <laughs> we did everything we could to set the debate up so they wouldn't be nice to each other. And and then... And by the way, it doesn't pay. And as they both figured out, and it then, doesn't pay. And
0: then, right, exactly. And then Bernier immediately after... If they'd
1: only listened to you, Marcus. If they,
0: exactly. They could have got this out done face-to-face. Right, that's what right. I'm saying, dude. It's like, and then Bernier's like, hey, by the way, do you
1: like pedophiles? Right. Bernier, <laughs> Bernier goes, hey, uh, what's with you and our uh, six centers? So... Uh, hey, Haru... Um, how many sex offenders are you friends with? Basically is what he asked. Yeah, so
0: there's a thing called uh, SORB, the Sex Offender Registry Board, and there's some opinions on its efficacy and keeping people safe and all of that, and it's all a very nuanced academic discussion that isn't good for campaigning. Not at all. Right? And so he asked Paul what his opinions were on it, and I think Paul was pretty upfront where he said... Um, it, "You know, He was painfully honest. He was painfully honest. He did say... Uh, you know, pedophiles are beyond uh, rehabilitation. They need
1: to be locked up for a long time. But I he, wouldn't mind living next door to one. He didn't say that. That's not what he said. So I went and read his writings, right? He said it doesn't matter where you move them to and it, and it ostracizes them, right? And um, I thought it would, I think it's a very strange position I think for he, someone in correction. Yeah. Well, I think he distinguished again, I think he distinguished pedophiles from. The myriad, just run of the mill run. The,
0: the myriad types of sex offenders you right,
1: could be. Right. right. Yeah. So you, just because you're a sex offender doesn't mean you attack children. You might just attack women. Right. Yes. And that guy can live near a school. Right. 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 I hope they don't attack men. Now that I'm a, now that I'm crippled. Right. Because I you know I, I used to be able to take care of myself and even run if I couldn't, but now I'm now I'm helpless and I'm still good looking. So I don't know. But <laughs> but anyway. The, um, so so Marcus when when. Bernier asked Haru that question. He knew that Bernie had written extensively in academic papers, papers on sex offenders, right? And yeah. Haru honestly answered him, which I thought was not the good political answer, but he did. And, we, you know, we have a recording of it. The... And yeah, it's probably let's, maybe let's, maybe more fair to pay it play it than to have me make fun of it. Let's
0: but uh, let's let's actually before we take because we got to take a break.
1: When you come back, we'll, when we come back, when we're gonna we play, play it when we get back, when we get back, we'll, we'll play right, the play peruse, um sex offenders can live next to you. Listen to our um, yeah. softer commercial, five zero eight nine nine six zero five zero. We'll be back with more sex offenders. Listen to us live. Welcome back to the show, Marcus. So we were talking about the debate you had the other night. We had the other night, yeah, um, yeah. with all the candidates for sheriff on the Democrat yeah. side in the. Um, in the uh, in the studio with you, and um, they um, so so had a reaction. Yeah, so Nick brought up
0: uh, sorb because Paul has had some. Paul Rue is uh, he's a criminologist. He's a criminologist. He's got degrees from uh, Harvard and Pennsylvania University in in this in this field. So uh, he can get pretty academic because he knows the field. So this is what he said in response to Nick. I'm um, talking about the sex offender registry board.
2: Uh, the sexual offender registries that they're, they're they're ineffective. Um, this is George Gascon. Like pe- the people in the area know, whereas uh, somebody that might be a level one, two, or three lives. Yeah. Uh, so, say, This is her question, room. So, sex offender registries, and the chief is correct. You know, the research is very clear. Sex offender registries don't actually. Keep people safer. And then they're actually not designed to do that. Now, I'm not saying we should abolish them. I'm not saying that at all. But they, they're not designed to actually reduce recidivism. They're designed for community notification. Now, there's all different types of sex offenders. You um, you know, just like there's all different types of illnesses. And, you know, like I said, I was director of research for the Mass Department of Correction. I was a statistician in the Philadelphia jail system. And, and what I'm going to say is factually true. But it's going to be controversial. Sex offenders as a group have the lowest rate of recidivism okay, um, out of the different crime categories. <laughs> you know, you got your property crimes, drug crimes, you know, you have violent crimes, you know, sex. So that's controversial. Now, let's break that down a little bit. Pedophiles as a um, subgroup of sex offenders, actually have a very high rate of recidivism. In fact, the research shows that I feel you safe really for can't treat pedophiles. You know, even <laughs> with cognitive <laughs> behavioral with relapse prevention, it Not really a chance doesn't work. Against <laughs> and so long sentences for pedophiles As a um, subgroup of sex offenders actually have a very high rate of recidivism. In fact, the research shows that, you know, you really can't treat pedophiles. You know, even with cognitive behavioral with relapse prevention, it really doesn't work. And so long sentences for pedophiles are probably appropriate. But then you have other types of sex offenders. You have uh, somebody who might have been drunk and raped somebody. You've got statutory rape. And those, there's actually an inverse relationship between the uh, seriousness of a crime and the rate of whether or not somebody Reoffends. So a murderer, for example, doesn't usually reoffend that many times. <laughs> you know, it's just, unless you're a spree killer or a serial killer. Oh, just know, one of those. You know, there's, there's different types of murders. But you know, the the less serious a crime is, the more of offenses you're gonna have. Shoplifters tend to do a lot of that. Drug dealers tend to do a lot of that. Murderers don't do a lot of that. Pedophiles are an exception. Pedophiles exploit a a trusting relationship and they uh, violate that trust and that trust is, is. that trust has built up over the time. So a sex offender registry, it should be reformed. Um, it can always be better. But the chief and I are in agreement that they don't actually keep people safe. They just are community time. notification. So, so Marcus, why I, why I bring this up is that Nick Bernie a
1: really sex offendered um, Haru on that one. Because yeah. there's nothing about the sheriff's job that involves a sex offender registry. The sheriff reform, can do nothing about SORB. Right, nothing. So for him to ask the question... Was a total sex like, offender like move, the, right? You'd have to be. He a, raped him basically. Yeah, it wasn't a yeah, and it was, it was after, a political rape job after, because he knew that that Bern, Bernie knew that Haru was gonna have to answer it like that. He knew what he would say. He laid a trap for him, and the poor guy walked right into it.
0: Well, well, that's the thing, and 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 it's after all this, um, all this hemming and hawing about about civility.
1: Well, that's what I'm saying. Is it Haru when he walked out of the studio must have thought that little, you know, that guy just screwed me yeah. because, because Haru, whether he likes sex offender registry, doesn't. He clearly said he did, but he says it's you know he's very nuanced position, right? Yeah. And good luck with Tom Hodgson on that one. But the point is that Bernie had no reason to answer that. No. Did no screw reason him to ask it. That's what I'm saying. No reason to ask that question except yeah. to screw him.
0: Yeah, but he presented it in like a an affable way, so it would it was the whole thing I didn't like, and then to to then to complain about a mailer that says, "Hey, by the way, uh, I'm a mayor and I've managed budgets and I've won elections and my opponents haven't," the, like just stating facts. While well, after doing that, after agreeing and during a commercial break that everybody needs to uh, play patty cake, right? And I try again, I tried to, I try, they, that's why they should have cut it up the other night. And
1: Marcus, as I said to you off the air, if a if a straight journalist had asked that question of Haru, he wouldn't have answered it that way. Yeah. If Tom Hodgson sprung in on him in the debate, which I'm sure he will now, he wouldn't have answered it that way. But the fact that he felt so relaxed and among his colleagues, and they were playing nice, he answered it. Bernie, yeah. a really, really... Put the noose around his neck. That's some damaging stuff for the camp for the Hodgson campaign. I don't but, know how he comes back from. But
0: I, you know, I think, uh, you know, I, I think it might be, it might be t- a bit of. A, it's it's not good for sure. It's not good. But it might be a. I mean, I don't think it's. You know, I think it's survivable. Honestly. Well, he's going to be the primary candidate. He's going to win the primary that's the that's, so he's going to get to the general that's one. the frustrating thing if you're a democrat and you're and you don't want hodgson to to win right, that's right. if you don't want him to win
1: a six-year term well let me also say this marcus is that george also is the same question the same way yeah right as you heard as you heard uh, haru say i agree with the chief because the haru um the chief said well I've, I've studied a lot of academics i've taught a lot of classes on criminal justice. he taught you yeah and um Sorb didn't That's come up. That's the blame. That's Sorb, the guy to blame. Sorb didn't come up. This is where it comes from. <laughs> right? But so, so, George is wounded on that issue too. Yeah. And and I don't know whether, whether, her, whether um uh, Bernie understood that or not when he, when he did it to him. But, the fact of the matter is, is that, well, was it malicious or was it careless? Does it matter? Right? Well, George the first time candidate. As he pointed out and said, yeah. you know, that's not. That's not an excuse. So to, no, it's not. It's not an alibi, right? Um, to say, no. "Well, it's the first time I've ever done it." Well, then, no. then, then you're going to lose, right? Yeah. If, if that, if you're, if you're settling... you
0: traveling, playing basketball, you still traveled, right? You, you still lose the ball.
1: The other part <laughs> a, the other <laughs> thing, Bernie, is just listen to, to the debate, Marcus. Again, the thing that Bernie has said about t- t- as an as an alibi for why his campaign has been anemic lately, he said, "Well, I got a law practice to run," and Mayor... which I agree he does, but. Mayor Huru has an entire city, right, right, which is bigger than his law. And practice. he is working at it,
0: and he's working really hard. I, I mean, I've seen Listen, he's out knocking doors in Fairhaven. I know that he's out I, knocking doors in New Bedford. I know that he's got signs on my street. He's got signs everywhere. But I mean, I you as we know, yeah. we physically know he was there. Yep. And right. he's knocked nine thousand doors. And guess what? He's also calling people. I, you know, my first introduction to to Mayor Haru is he got my number from an attorney that knew me. I'm glad that's
1: so, the list he got it off. Yeah,
0: yeah, he got. My- <laughs>
1: Well, no, we know he peruses list. I'm just Yeah, fed, yeah, man. yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> very, very focused on the list. Yeah, okay, all right. Okay. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. All right. I'm going back it's to a the typical solo. Friday night. We're going to be making jokes. <laughs> I'm here. done. I'm done. No. Uh. So he called me, and he had been told me he'd been calling like thirty people that day. So he's he's putting in the work, he's you know, real, and raising the money. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Good evening.
3: Um, so I just wanted to say that I think this uh, fight for sheriff in November is going to be a really controversial election. I agree. And I don't know how Vernier and McNeil think they're going to compete with Hodgson if they got offended over a cable <laughs> with a few emojis in it. Like yeah. that was not negative. It wasn't. It negative.
1: wasn't negative. It was a straight fact-based piece. Right. Exactly.
3: It's gonna get really negative when it comes to the general election and so whoever's a candidate needs to be ready.
0: I totally I totally agree because if they're offended by that, imagine what they're go- what's gonna happen when Tom Hodgson sends out mailers or when Tom Hodgson's here in studio with them debating. Right. Right? It's exactly,
3: it- exactly. Um, like, Hero can, can stand up to whatever questions, even sex registry one, I thought he did okay on. Right, and, yeah. Um, the other thing is that George McNeil saying he's a police chief of this, like, major city, as if Somerset is just, like... Huge place with <laughs> terrifying crimes. It's like, that's, it's, a, it's a small town. It's like, it's is true. arresting turkeys? Like, it's, what is he up to? <laughs> it's true. Anyway, that's all I have
1: to say. Thank you. I appreciate it. Who's writing this material? I <laughs> it's love That's awesome. Stuff. Like, I love Haru's it. got like Haru the comments. No, you know
0: what? You know what? You know, here's the thing. That debate, I got callers that I, I haven't heard in my right. four years here. Right, we got callers that we hadn't heard before, callers that they hadn't heard before. I love it. We're generating interest in this debate. I think that's, and I also think these callers have very good commentary on it. They
1: do, and they've been thinking about it.
3: Yeah,
0: the,
1: Marcus. The, the reality of it is, is that Tom Hodgson has elevated the sheriff's position way above. Right. There's no other county sheriff like Tom Hodgson. Well, he's the which, most recognizable one in the Commonwealth, right? Which and one of the most recognizable across the country, right? Right. So, so whether you like him or not, you realize that that's who you're running against, as that caller right. just said. She doesn't like Tom, but she recognizes Tom as a political force. Yes. Know? And uh, and Haru clearly recognizes that, and so, you know, Bernie does too. That's why he kept kissing his ass. <laughs> I mean, I mean, mystifying. What I used to see him when I was a kid. I used to see him. He, he gave me a to plastic him. badge. You should see him all the time growing up. I have a Tom Hodgson cowboy set.
0: <laughs> like he was raffy. Right. Singing him Baby Beluga. Right.
1: right, right. <laughs> I have a Tom Hodgson squeeze doll.
0: <laughs> all right. I got to take this break. We'll be right back. Why should you download the, up the music? we only got about 30 seconds, but I will. We're going
1: to get better at that, Marcus. Yeah, we, I, I do have to I get I had a better. stroke, so I have an excuse. I don't know what yours is. The, um, <laughs> <laughs> you got a lot of airtime while I was in the hospital. But anyway, <laughs> folks, I was just telling Marcus off the air. When I was a kid, I had a doll, right? A squeeze doll, but you'd pull the string. It was a Lone Ranger. <laughs> and it would say, let's ride, Tontoa. Kimo Sabi, right? And all I can picture is little Nick Bernie pulling a, pulling a string on a Tom Honson
0: doll.
1: Right, go.
3: <laughs> <laughs>